Welcome to the Wake and Take podcast. On today's show, we talk with Minnesota Vikings rookie Kenny Willekes about his journey as a walk-on at Michigan State, and we cold call Zach Adam Schefter and see what he's been up to. Hit it, Randy. There is a house in New Orleans. They call the rising sun. And it's been the ruin of many a poor boy. In God, I know I'm one. We now welcome on the Rockford, Michigan native, former Michigan State standout in current Minnesota Vikings, Kenny Willekes. Kenny, it's great to have you on the line. How you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, Kenny, let's start with your family. I, I understand you come from a family of 10, uh, and you have seven brothers and sisters. Where, where do you fall uh, along, along that big family? We have uh, seven brothers and sisters total. I'm the fifth one, uh, with three, boy, or three girls, three boys, then a girl and a boy. So it's four and four. And on top of having a big family, you also have a very impressive family. Your dad is a heart surgeon, your brother is an Olympic gymnast, and your sister is a concert pianist. Quite the wide array of talent for one family. What was it like growing up in the Willekes household? Yeah, it was definitely, uh, my siblings are very talented at what they do. Uh, I think each and every one of them was pretty talented in everything they do growing up, which made it uh, very competitive pretty much in everything we were doing growing up was competing. didn't matter. We were in the backyard playing football or you know, we were inside. Then didn't, didn't really matter. We were competing for everything growing up. And I think that's kind of who shaped, shaped who I am as a player today. For sure. So who would you say is the best athlete in the family? Uh, probably my older brother, Lore, uh, the Olympic gymnast. Hmm. Uh, he can do some freaky things in his body. <laughs> yeah, uh, I it's bet. impressive. I bet. And you were in gym, gymnastics a little bit growing up, weren't you? Uh, for a few years, yeah. Uh, my mother had me in gymnastics when I was younger, but I was too wild, so they booted me. <laughs> yeah. I think we saw it on some of the videos on draft night. Yeah. Rolling around on the field, <laughs> doing backflips. Yeah. yeah, that was a video we uh, filmed over at Power Strength uh, with Mark Ennis. It was his idea, and, you know, we thought it would be a good way to show some NFL teams my athletic ability, even though we were locked down in quarantine and couldn't have a pro day. Yeah, and I had it later down to ask you about that, but the, the tweet you tweeted out was, in quotes here, not athletic, below average athleticism for an edge rusher, physical tools don't jump off the page, isn't a great athlete, has pedestrian physical gifts, uh, and then you just quoted it, Shh, just watch, and then had your video <laughs> of you working out. Uh, you're doing cartwheels and backflips and splits and all kinds of stuff. We'll probably put a promo with this out there so that people can see uh, how athletic you are, but who was that video meant for? Was that for pro scouts or was that for the haters or both? <laughs> um, it didn't really matter. I don't really know if it was a certain target audience. I guess it was just audience in general of, you know, the people out there that don't think I'm athletic enough. And that's uh, just been something I've been able to do my whole life. So, you know, I thought it was just pretty cool to put it out there and show some people what I actually can do. Yeah. And at your size to be able to do those things, that's, that's pretty special. And we're pumped to have you on the Vikings. Uh, especially watching that video. Um, yeah, I appreciate Oh, my bad. No, you're good. You're good. Going off the family, I know you know the Morosi family pretty well, and some of the listeners have heard us talk about uh, Bubba. He's one of my former roommates, and he's better known as Hunter Morosi. Uh, and you know, I think, the whole family and growing up with the Morosi family. Uh, so my question is this. Which family is more athletic, the Wilkeses or the, the Morosis? 
come on now. That's not even close. <laughs> Easy answer, Morosis, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I, I know we've given Hunter a lot of shit about it, but I think Hunter might have uh, ruined that pipe, that pipeline of the Morosi family from the D1 mm-hmm. football brothers and Hunter going D3 at St. Thomas, where we played football too for one year, but... Uh, I don't think he's going to be too happy with that. But we met Nick and the other guys a couple week, weeks ago. Yep. It's obviously how we got you here. But, yeah, seems like two athletic specimens, families in the Grand Rapids area. Yeah, you guys might have a little size on them, though, right? Yeah, we got a little size, but pretty athletic. Nick's all right. Nick's all right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, in high school, you were named All-State your senior year on defense as a linebacker, and you were an All-State honorable mention on offense uh, as a running back, were you just destroying kids on both sides of the ball that year, or what? Uh, yeah, we had a pretty good team that year. I think that was the best team we had um, in my time at North Point. We made it to the semifinals, and I know uh, we had three big linebackers: me, Jack, and uh, Noah Plowman. And uh, we had a really good offensive line that year as well. So I kind of went ran crazy behind them, and uh, you know we had a solid defense. So it was a lot of fun that year. With your size and athleticism going into senior year, and I guess senior year, was it kind of like you were playing against JV football players both on the offensive and defensive side? Or maybe even uh, sophomore or freshman? No, a little bit. And uh, you get that a little bit in Division Six because not a lot of people can you know, <laughs> fill full teams there. Yep. I know Wyoming, we had their on schedule. They had trouble getting a full roster. But, um, I mean, there were some good kids. There's definitely a few good kids we played against high school. But overall, I'd say the talent in the Division Six wasn't that good. Mm-hmm. And you also played uh, rugby, right? And I think your junior year, you guys took it all, won the state championship. You scored the winning touchdown or winning scores, whatever it is in rugby, the winning score, and got MVP honors. Is that right? Yeah, it's called a try in rugby. <laughs> try, yeah, there we go. Idea. There we go, a try. <laughs> but yeah, I joined that rug- the rugby team late. Just kind of something I thought it would be fun to do. I, me and Char played a little bit. Uh, back in middle school, I believe, me and Char played a couple of years. And um, so we thought I'd, they talked a couple of the guys from my Rockford team, talked me into playing for Catholic Central. And, you know, and a lot of fun. We won the state championship. Yeah. And do you think that some of those skills, I know they talk about, like Pete Carroll talks about mm-hmm. using rugby tackling as, as the new example in the NFL. Did you feel like some of those skills in rugby transferred nicely to the football field? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's – I always tackled, like, the rugby players. So, I think it might have come from when I started playing back in, like, fifth and sixth grade because I've always hawk rolled. But, I mean, I do use that rugby tackling technique a lot in football. Yeah, and that's kind of the wave of uh, – at least in the NFL, you've kind of seen that mm-hmm. start Safe to take over. Yeah. Get the head out of the picture. Yeah. Right. And you were also a, a basketball player in high school, and I stumbled upon your mixtape from – it was – the year said 2013 on it. Uh, and it was basically you just running over kids. It was like screens where you're just destroying kids, like running around picks and just boxing out and people just flying all on the floor. Bully ball. Yeah, it, it was awesome. I absolutely loved it. What was the motivation behind that to, to uh, get more interested in football? Because it looked like more of a football mixtape than, than basketball. <laughs> no, I just made that for fun. Uh, <laughs> some of my buddies convinced me to try out for the JV basketball team and I was terrible. I mean, my first shot, my first shot in tryouts went off the side of the backboard. <laughs> and but at that point, I you just, knew. <laughs> yeah, I just kind of played basketball like I played football. Uh, just run around, hit people. 
uh, a lot of effort, high motor, but I wasn't very good at all. So I made a mixtape of me just running kids over. Yeah, and it certainly translated on that football field, as you can see throughout your mixtapes, being a star at Michigan State and now ultimately an NFL player. But going back to high school football now, out of high school you didn't get a lot of attention from Big Ten schools or really any of the other Power Five teams and schools. What was it like putting up the numbers you did in high school and then not seeing the offers like you had probably hoped for? Uh, hello? Yeah, you there, Kenny? You cut out. Two years now? Yeah, just the question again. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll repeat the question in case you didn't hear it. So back to high school football. Out of high school, you didn't get a lot of attention from Big Ten schools or really any of the other Power Five teams. What was it like putting up the numbers you did in high school football and then not seeing the offers like you had probably hoped for and deserved? Um, honestly, I didn't really know a lot about college football at that point. Um, came from a small Christian school, and before that, even a smaller Christian school. You know, I didn't go to any recruiting camps, and I really didn't know a lot about college football. And then when I'd watched, you know, a little bit growing up, we didn't have a TV in our house, so I really didn't watch that much growing up. Um, I honestly, Grand Valley was my dream school. That's where I wanted to go. They never offered me, and then, uh, you know, I always wanted to go D1. I always talked about it and got the opportunity to walk on to Michigan State. You know, that's all I needed really was an opportunity. They didn't really care how I got there. Once they gave me that nod, you know, the rest is history. Yeah, and, and I read that before Michigan State got involved, you almost committed to Minnesota on a PWL. Uh, and maybe one of your coaches had talked you out of it and or just said, just wait and let's see what happens. Um, but but what was that process like, and how did that all unfold? Uh, yeah, I had so a teacher at North Point. His son was a recruiter from Minnesota, and they had offered me a preferred walk-on. And then I was actually with Nick Morosi. It's pretty funny. We were on our way to Wayne State, and I wasn't going to go because I was going to commit to Minnesota. And so I was listening at North Point, and I was supposed to go meet him down there. They had already left, Nick and his dad. They came back and met me at the Lowell uh, car stop or carpool, whatever. We went down to Wayne State, and on the way back, we stopped at Michigan State. And Nick was talking to Coach State because he was thinking about being a preferred walk on at that point. And then Coach State asked me what I was going to do, and he gave me the opportunity to walk on. Once he was like, oh, if you're going to walk on in Minnesota, you may as well walk on here. Hmm. But I almost didn't end up. I almost didn't end up going. So I appreciate that. Nick, shout out Nick for that one. I do love him. Yeah, and uh, that would have been before the PJ Fleck days, I guess, right? Who was the yeah. coach? Yeah. And, and so I think even Michigan. I read that Michigan tried to get involved at the last second too, but you ended up going to Michigan State as a walk on, and then becoming, you know, one of the best players in Michigan State history with the, the tackle for loss record and the uh, other accolades you got. I think in 2018, you're the defensive lineman of the year. And then 2019, your seasons, your senior season, you were the Bullsworth Trophy winner, the best former walk-on in college football. So, you know, seeing what you did at Michigan State, like you said, you really just needed a chance. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, I thank Coach D'Antonio for that chance. Uh, took a chance on a long-haired walk-on. <laughs> <laughs> crazy crazy back in the day I came to college I the football player you guys see on the field on Saturdays I was not the same player that walked onto that campus <laughs> I was all out of control my footwork at linebacker I was always crossed up I was definitely a lot smaller but I just say it's consistent hard work you know each and every day so that when that opportunity came my third year where I was able to finally get, able to get an opportunity 
I was ready to go. You know, I had good people around me. My roommate, Grayson Miller, who played a lot as a freshman. And, uh, he definitely helped me do it a lot when I wasn't playing. So that was pretty cool to have someone like him that was playing. And then I got my opportunity and rolled with it. Yeah, and maybe it was during that third season, but at what point at your time at Michigan State were you like, hey, I, I, I belong here and I can play with these guys? Was there like a moment that you remember, maybe like a drill in practice or something where you blow somebody up and you're like, hey, I'm big enough, I'm strong enough to be here and I can do this? Was there a moment in time when you remember that or were you just kind of always thought like you, you belonged? Uh, I kind of always felt like I belonged. Uh, I feel like you have to have that mentality uh, if you're going in that you're one of the best and you compete with the best because otherwise you're not going to play at this part. So, you know, I felt going in, I felt like I could do it. But, you know, there's definitely reassurances you get along the way. Uh, I was scouting player of the week like seven or eight times my freshman year. So I know that was a big boost to my confidence that like, I knew I could compete in the Big Ten. And the next year I didn't play that much, but uh, you know, the coaches kept telling me I was going to play, you know, giving me reassurance. Coach D kept telling me to keep working. Then that third year, I got the opportunity. Yeah, and you sure played like you belong, especially your junior year. And in 2019, your junior season before the bowl game, you broke your fibula and then decided to stay another season at Michigan State uh, for your senior season. If you hadn't broken your fibula in that game, do you think that you would have gone to the NFL and not have come back for your senior season looking back at it now? Um, I can't say for sure I was going to leave, but, you know, it's definitely an option. I was thinking about it. Um, if I had a good game, I was definitely going to leave. But I hadn't made up my mind for sure. You know, that game still had to play out and broke my legs. So I had to come back to Michigan State. And you know, I think everything happens for a reason. I'm glad I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was able to be a captain, which meant a lot to me. I got my degree and then, you know, just finished my senior year. So, you know, I feel like I grew and matured a lot this year. And uh, I'm glad I stayed. Yeah, and I mentioned it before, but you come back for your senior season and then you end up breaking the all-time record at Michigan State for tackles for loss. It must have felt good after going through all that rehab and breaking your fibula the season before to to, to break that record. Yeah, uh, definitely something uh, I had marked, something I wanted to get done, uh, something I saw was achievable. And to be able to break that record uh, and be in Michigan State history book means a lot. But you know, at the end of the day, we still went seven and six. I don't really care about personal records. You know, I wish we could have won a Big Ten championship my senior year. Mm-hmm. But you did end up winning the Burlesworth Trophy that season. I mentioned it's the most outstanding college football player who started their career as a walk-on. Some of the previous winners, you know, Baker Mayfield, Hunter Renfro, uh, Matt McGloin, I think Luke Falk, the quarterback out of Washington. You know, what was it like in that moment to win that award and, and to know that you're in the company of, of those names I just mentioned? It was definitely an honor. Uh, you know, Brandon Burlesworth has an incredible story. Uh, you know, the greatest walking of all time to be down there in Arkansas. Uh, you know, I was really able to appreciate it, uh, be with his family. Uh, you know, some definitely was something special, something I'll remember forever. Would you say that for you that Burlesworth trophy was more meaningful and more significant to you than, say, uh, the Big Ten Defensive Lineman of the Year, which you won in 2018, just because, you know, it kind of shows your path, shows where you came from, your grit, you said your body wasn't ready freshman year when he came as a PWO to Michigan State. And it just throw, shows your own your whole jersey journey, which a lot of people can't say. Would you say that it's kind of significant to you, more so than the other accolades you got throughout your career at Michigan State? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, like you said, it just speaks to 
my whole journey, my process, hard work, toughness, you know, things that I embody. So to be in an elite company of guys that also embody those things, you know, uh, pretty special to me. And we touched on it a little bit before, but you said junior season before the bowl game, if you had a great game, if you had a good game, maybe go to the NFL and test the waters. But coming back your senior season, at what point during your college days did you realize that the NFL was a realistic possibility for you? Um, I don't know the exact – I know the exact moment that it became – it did become a reality. Uh, it was probably the Ohio State game, the 2018 year. It was when it became a reality. But um, I feel like all along it's the same thing. When I came in, I had the mindset that I wanted to get to the league. Uh, that was my goal. But that Ohio State game my junior year was what kind of catapulted me in the spotlight a little bit and gave me the opportunity to get to the NFL. And why was that so significant against Ohio State for those who may not know your story or what that specific game meant to you as a player? Uh, yeah, it was probably my, one of my best career games. No, it's not my best career game. Um, so big time, it was a big-time game, so I had to step up. I, uh, like they say, big-time players got to make big-time plays in big-time games. I like playing big-time games. I like playing against the best, and that's what you go to Michigan State for. That's why you come to Michigan State to compete against Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. And so it's a big game. you got to step up. And I wish we could have won. We should have won. But it's a good game. Yeah. What a great game to have a game like that in the national spotlight, no doubt, against the Buckeyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so then you, you leave Michigan State and you start getting ready for the draft and you have you know your combine and all your workouts and interviews and all that s- stuff that goes on behind the scenes before the NFL draft. After that was all said and done and all the work was done, where did you think you were going to go in the draft? Did you have a round in mind or were you just going to wait and see? I mean, I didn't. I mean, I had a round in mind where I was hoping to go third. I thought I was going to go in the third or the fourth, but it didn't happen. Uh, so, I mean, I guess I fell a little bit, but it doesn't really matter to me. It's kind of the same path that I had into college. Yeah, exactly. So, so kind of built for this. Uh, it's almost better for me. Uh, it's kind of the way I am. It's going to motivate me even work harder. So, when time comes, I'll be ready to go again. Yeah, was it hard to sit there and wait day after day, just waiting to hear your name called? I imagine that would be a very anxious moment if that was me. Yeah, it was definitely a little anxious. Uh, we were just sitting around had a lot of close family and friends there and we just kept going on and on and it was getting pretty tense um but seventh round finally got that call and you know that's something I wanted I didn't really care if it was the first round second round or seventh round I just wanted to get that call you know it's been something I've been dreaming my whole life so having that with my close family and friends around you know that meant the world to me and did you have any idea the Vikings were going to draft you or did you have a couple of teams that you thought might take you or did did you have no idea really uh, I didn't really have any idea, to be honest. Um, talked to so many teams. Uh, I only talked to the Vikings once or twice, so I didn't. I didn't know I was on their radar. But you know, they took a chance on me, and I appreciate that. Uh, the Will family, you know, they're a good family, a good organization. So I'm excited to get to Minnesota and get to work. So you said you were surprised. Did you have a phone call right before from a Vikings GM or a coach telling you, or when you saw it on TV, was that the first time that? You were like, hey, oh, my God, I just got drafted. No, the GM called me. And, and what was going through your mind during during that moment? Uh, I don't even know. It's just <laughs> uh, a lot of emotions. Uh, I was just super excited. Um, a lot of relief. 
I finally got the call. Uh, I don't know, it was a lot of emotion at once, but it's definitely something I'll remember forever. It's a dream of mine. It was felt good. We'll go with that. It felt good. Do you remember anything you said during that conversation, or was there just so much adrenaline going for you? I really don't remember. At all. <laughs> I, I don't think I would either. <laughs> Yeah, and as a as a seventh round pick, I you get a signing bonus. I I didn't see one on there. Yes, I do. You do. Okay. So have have you got that signing bonus yet? And if you have, have you made any any big purchases yet? I've not got my signing bonus yet. Um, I haven't even really signed my contract yet. I signed something that guarantees I signed my contract, but I haven't even signed my contract yet. Mm. So I haven't been purchasing anything big. All right. Well, do you got any plans? Any any plans when the money comes in? Hopefully not going back to the casino, right? Um, no, I don't go to the casino. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I'm just gonna save it. Honestly, I don't spend a lot of money. I drink. I need my coffee every morning. That's about it. Mm. Yeah, you're a simple man. It's a good habit to have. Yeah. What uh, What kind of hobbies keep you busy, Kenny? Um. Honestly, most of my time goes into football. I got a lot of meetings, lifts, taking care of my body, watching film, uh, especially in season. But you know, I play Xbox a little bit to relax. Okay. I'm not, and I go home and see family a lot. I like going to hang out with my family. They live like 25 minutes from me. Okay, how how much how more difficult is it for you to, you know, keep in shape and exercise with everything going on uh, with COVID? I don't know what the restrictions are over there in Michigan, but is that a lot different to you? Um, whether you do it in home or maybe at your home gym nearby um so i did my combine training back here in grand rapids and uh, i trained at a private gym back here and i trained at the same place during this covid so i've been able i've, I've been set for me you know it's been a blessing i've been able to just stick to the same routine and i uh, really lock in and then when do you report to camp with everything going on i do not know yet um I can believe they're still trying to figure it out. I think all 32 cities need to be open, so yeah. I'm still waiting to hear. Yeah, what's it been like? I mean, they've had rookie minicamp online. Is that is that right? Yeah, we've had some virtual minicamp. Um, just pretty much position meetings with our coaches, install the playbook, uh, you know, review it. Doing that for like four or five hours a day. Mm. Have you got a chance to meet any of the other edge players, D-line players on the Vikings during those calls? Uh, I mean, they're all on there. They're all on there. And, uh, you know, we talk in there a little bit. But that's all. It's really been virtually. So, you know, it's kind of hard to interact with other people. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I imagine it'll be fun to see uh, Daniil Hunter in person <laughs> and just, like, his fierce, like, physical dominance. Like, that'll be cool to see. So when you don't have any plans to come to Minnesota then yet, you're just going to wait and see what the Vikings say. Whenever you're allowed to come, you're going to come. Exactly, yeah. I'm just waiting to hear. Gotcha. And, and so now, now you're part of the Vikings, and I, I assume growing up in uh, near Detroit, you're a Detroit Lions fan. Is that true? No. I'm oh, not a good for you. Good for you. Who do you cheer for? The Minnesota Vikings. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's go. go. <laughs> Right, well, you weren't answer. a Vikings fan your whole <laughs> life, were you? No, but I am now. All right, and that's, that's all, all that matters. All right, that's all that matters. Uh, you, you talked a little bit about it with your all-call meetings with other Vikings players, and you actually met Kirk Cousins in high school at a camp I saw. Have you talked with Kirk? And he's also obviously a Michigan State alumni. Have you talked with Kirk since being drafted? 
Uh, I have not talked with him now. Not to get, yeah, get him a word. Be like, hey, we're, we're both Michigan State guys. We should hang out sometime. We'll get that set up. Yeah. We got him in our back pocket right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, going off other Minnesota Vikings players and what they have done on the field and, I guess, off the field for this question, do you have a sack celebration in mind yet for your, your first time on the field? Uh, I do not. I have not thought that far ahead. Okay. Well, we'll no worries. We'll, we'll think for you. Yeah, we got, we got a couple here. As you probably know, Brian Robinson, he's pretty flashy with it with the fishing-esque move, which mm-hmm. might treat you well as a Michigan man, and the former Jared Allen rat- rattling up the cattle. Yep. Um, another mountain man move to do for you, too. Yeah. Do you like to fish? I do like to fish. Yeah, I, could, I, I think you could make something off the Brian Robinson fishing thing. You can't copy him, obviously, but I think we could work something out. We could do something. I got – you could burn in, <clears throat> could do some burning – after you get a sack, uh, the Kirk Cousins arm dance in the end zone. Yeah. I don't know if you Might saw that one away. last year. It's just like whipping his arms around his body. That one's not bad. Um, let's see. I got belly bongo. You could just like play your belly like a bongo. I don't think you have a very big belly, though, so that might not work. That's for the Pat Williams. And yeah, Williams exactly. Um, let's see. The sprinkler. You could do the sprinkler. That wouldn't be too bad. Are one of those jumping off the page for you? Yeah, I don't really do sack dance. I just kind of <laughs> sprint. I don't really know what happens after I get a sack. I just kind of take off sprint and kind of black out. <laughs> all right. That's well, all that matters. Yeah, when you get your first sack, we're going to be looking for one of these. So hopefully, you know, you remember it in the back of your mind. Oh, I got to do something. <laughs> yeah, I might just take off and go take a seat on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Some of the, the non-football questions here we'll get into. So we ask everyone who comes on the show, but who is – the most famous person in your phone contacts? Uh, Nick Morosi. <laughs> What's he famous for? Being Hunter's brother. He's a darn good football player. Hmm. Darn good football Ooh. player from Miami of Ohio, right? Yes, sir. All right, well, there you go. Uh, Kenny, what's your favorite type of milk? Uh, chocolate. Good answer. Um... Who is somebody in your network that we should try to get on next on our show? My network? Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think you want to talk to any of my friends. <laughs> we won't air it. <laughs> what about What about Nick? Yeah, you could probably get Nick on here. He might have some interesting things to say. Yeah, I think he might have some things to say about you. No. No, he knows better. <laughs> um, we also asked every guest we have on this, but. It probably won't be with the Vikings teammates as of now because you don't know them too well, I'm guessing. But for your Michigan State teammates, if you had to let one of your teammates at Michigan State date your sister, who would that be? We don't answer questions like that. Not a single one of them. Uh, All right, how about the flip side? That's the best question. (laughs) How about the flip side? If you, the one person you wouldn't want to date your sister on the team? None of them. All of them. None of them can date her. Okay. Does anybody come into your mind more than other ones? Like, no chance in hell. No, I can't be throwing people under the bus. <laughs> That's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to make some headlines. Yeah, this is where it gets interesting. Yeah, y'all are trying to get me to say too much. <laughs> I told you we were going to ask you some easy questions. This is what you were thinking? No. <laughs> well, that's a good teammate right there. Yeah, very good teammate. Most people just throw somebody under the bus. But yeah, almost every single person we have on does. Couldn't crack you, I guess. Keep working on it. Um, all right. I got nothing else, BG. 
think that's all we got. Kenny, thanks so much for your time, guys. Go follow Kenny on Twitter. It's at KennyW97 and Instagram at KennyW48. Um, and any burner accounts you want us to promote, Kenny? I do not have a burner account, no, sir. Okay, no burners. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on, Kenny. It's been great. Well, no problem. Appreciate you guys having me on. And again, special thanks to Kenny Willekes for calling in. Uh, during this crazy COVID pandemic, he's getting ready to play football. We cannot watch, cannot wait to watch him play in purple this next season. Um, BG, who's coming on next? We now have Zach Adam Schefter, who has switched his name to Dan Johnson for unknown reasons. But we're about to give him a cold call here. He has no idea. And as you can guess, he has no idea what to say like usual. Hello? Hey, how's it going? What's going on? You're live on the radio, Zach. Really? No way. I hope, I hope you mean Dan Johnson. <laughs> Dan Johnson. Dan Johnson. That's yeah, Dan Johnson. That's me. DJ. It's been me the whole time. And are we live right now? Yeah, we Actually? are. Yeah, you, nice. we are live. And we, we know that you've been wanting to get in touch with us for some reason because you had something up your sleeve that you wanted to share, maybe potentially break the news to us, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, what, yeah. What exactly um, was that? Uh... So there was a guy who just got drafted from the Minnesota in baseball. A, in, is baseball. That, is that true? From baseball. Yep. Yeah. Uh, third overall. Oh, what's his name? Uh, Ma- uh, Max Meyer. Never Max, heard of her. Max Meyer. Yeah, never heard of her. Never. Does, does he want to yeah, come went, on the pod or what? Uh, you know, I don't know. Are you it's with him now? Funny. Are you with him now? I'm with him. I'm actually with him now. Do you, uh, do you mind asking him quick? Yeah. So I'm actually with a, a different Max. I'm with Max Racton. <laughs> Max Meyer, though, I'm not with him. Apparently, Jer, uh, Jer told me that their Legion team freshman, or no, no, so it was probably four years ago, uh, they got him out like in an inning and a half. They just ripped him. But apparently he was still in like 91 at the time. And I, I heard he's copping 100. Yeah. Yep, copping 100 now. So I think it's, it would probably be a different story. But who knows? They were a pretty good Legion team. Where, where did he go to high school? He went to Woodbury. Okay. Is the MLB, MLB draft going on right now, or? Why, yep. Why yeah. It just started. At, yep. Uh, as we're speaking, it's going on. It started at six, and uh, it was uh, dude. It's, it's actually really cool. It was a. It was the highest. It was the first time, eh, fourth time in history that a Minnesota uh, guy from Minnesota went in the first round of the draft, and the other guys were Joe Mauer, Dave Winfield, and Paul Molitor. So Ooh. soon to be the third. So basically, three Hall of Famers, basically. Two of them are already Hall fans, but Mauer will be, I'm assuming. Uh, and yeah, now this guy. So it was, it was, I thought it was out of the blue, but I guess we were looking at it and the guy's the real deal, it looks like. So yeah, I guess we don't really. Are we actually live? Yeah, we are. Um, I guess we don't. Oh, really, we are. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is going on the pod. Nice. So I, I'm, hoping, awesome. I'm hoping what you said was true. Everything that you said. Thus it was. Yeah. Everything. I, yeah. Yep. Neither, neither of us follow baseball, but. Like I, we, I haven't heard anything about that. A Minnesota guy going three overall. It seems like a big deal to be going third yeah. overall in the eighty-nine round draft that the MLB has. <laughs> Dude, actually, this. So I, what I just heard today is that um, they're just doing five rounds now because of this whole. I think it's because the whole mix-up or not mix-up, but MLB can't really come to a consensus about if they what the, the what's going to happen with. The season, yeah. So I think it's just going five rounds, and I was really, dude, I was really hoping Tom Scora was um, mm. on that list of the top five. And I was trying to figure, I, I don't know why it took me a while, but I, I couldn't find his name on the um, the list or anything. But it's a bummer because I'm, I'm hoping he has another year left. I haven't really talked to him in a while, but 
in, hopefully next year, man. Hopefully he goes. And that, in, that's you know, a pitcher from Wyzetta who's our age, for those who don't know. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I should have prefaced that. Yeah, so, I, and actually, it's cool. Uh, him and, and Seth Halverson, who's, you know, Nathan is our grade. But he uh, he went, uh, he got drafted uh, two years ago. Actually, it was like 900, 900th pick or something like that. <laughs> and so, he'll be... I think, hey, you know, maybe they'll both go in the same draft year when it's next year or the year after. And yeah, everything kind of got screwed up this year, so I don't know how eligibility's going. But yeah, me neither. But yeah, dude, <laughs> yeah, they're both two uh, two wise other guys, both going. You know, who knows? Yeah. See what happens. But uh, how you guys been? And uh, before that, didn't your didn't your brother hit the target field wall in the state championship game? Your little brother? <laughs> yeah, my little brother did. Pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> We were, uh, I almost, we almost hit a home run there. That was, that was pretty sweet in our state championship game. We were playing there. That was, yeah, that was awesome. Um, I'm that, doing, was your, that was cool. Yeah, I'm doing well though. Thanks. Yeah, I'm doing well. How are you doing, Feel? Dan? <clears throat> yeah, doing pretty well. Can't complain right now. Yeah, we Life's pretty good. We haven't heard from you in a while. What's, uh. Yeah, it's been a bit. Yeah, you back home now in Minnesota? Yep. Yep. Just kind of hanging out, waiting for some jobs to get back to me. Yeah. Are you working um, right now? No, no, just, I've been applying some places. Uh, Where you been what's applying the, What's the prospects looking like? Some, you got Michaels, not, not, Kids Are Us, Toys Are Us. Yeah, we're, I, I'm looking at some, like, golf course, <laughs> golf courses or uh, some, like, the Three Rivers Parks District has some openings and nice. just some outside. Yeah, so, and uh, until then, just kind of waiting around, doing some, doing some musical stuff. Uh, just kind of dinking around. Yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to have you come in studio again to maybe play the intro, the outro, or yeah. maybe just sing for the for the lady audience. I think that would be would be wonderful. I think uh, I know you've never you guys been like that. Right I know I'd like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's kind of crazy. <laughs> a couple of years, you guys will be you know begging me to come on your podcast. <laughs> Yeah, the people want you to come back. When are you going to start producing? As as of now, I'm begging you guys. <laughs> uh, so uh, it'll be it'll be a little bit. It's you know hasn't taken the the turn I've wanted it no, to no, take no, no, yet. No. But Pro- producing for our show. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't know. Whatever you guys want me to. <laughs> All right. I don't really know anything. I don't know anything about producing, but we'll figure it out. You don't need to. <laughs> Good deal. <laughs> all, all you need is the voice of an angel and fingers that can play the guitar. Check and check and and killer Any, anything killer else? Looks. Killer Ooh, killer looks. Check. <laughs> well, we got two out of three in bad, right? <laughs> check me. Yeah, that's funny. Thanks. But uh, <laughs> Bill, what have you been up to? Uh, I've been caddying. Not much else. Oh, where at? Yeah, Hazeltine. Yep, Hazeltine and in, in Nebraska. Nice. They're getting. Hopefully we're carrying bags by tomorrow. I got a loop tomorrow, so hopefully I'm carrying the bags. But we haven't been carrying bags yet, so it's been slow. Not a lot of loops out there. Just been pushing the push carts when the people want it, but not not many people want that. So, uh, Dan, what do people not want? They just want them touching your. They don't want them touching their bag. They just want you pushing it, basically. Yeah, yeah. You just you, basically you just push the push cart right next to them. You just walk along, so you're doing almost nothing. So it's it's really pointless. Um, so a lot, not a lot of people yeah. are taking caddies at this point. Yeah, no, I, I bet, I bet. Hopefully, by the summer, as the summer keeps going on, it, um, I'm uh, sure that that'll that'll change. But hey, do they have a ground screw opening at Hazel Team? 
Um, I can ask around. I know they they, <laughs> they don't have uh, the He's full like staff. Bill Murray and uh, Caddyshack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would. I would. I would feel really like I don't know how I'd feel if I had to. Um, do grounds credit hazel team the pressure would just be too real and i would just mess something up so big it just wouldn't yeah it wouldn't be the job for me you're more like the caddy type or the professional on the course right for sure for sure i'm a club professional but i don't want to be messing up the course Uh, i've never really mowed lawns besides my own and i don't really know how to (laughs) do anything what do you what do you mean besides your own (laughs) well my own lawn i'm talking about lawns here (laughs) actual lawns <laughs> so when you're applying to these golf courses, are you telling them that you've never cut a lawn other than your own? <laughs> That's why I still look at it. No, of course not. Of course not. Uh, I just tell, well, I'm hoping they'll train me in, but how hard can mowing a lawn be? But I just don't know how I've never been on like a riding lawn more, but like to, to like cut a green and stuff. You have to like do special stuff. I assume like not, you can't just take a lawnmower to a green. I don't think, you know, I think I could help you out Zach with your career search or David, Dan, what do you, what, what's your, Dan Johnson. Dan, Dan Johnson. Dan Johnson, not Zach David Briel. Okay, Dan Johnson. <laughs> what if you just say, "Hey, I've got my own push cart. I'll bring it, or not, not push cart, but like push lawnmower. I'll bring it with mm-hmm. me. You don't even have to supply one for me." Push lawn. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, they'd be like, yeah, it would be, but they'd also be like, "Oh, this guy's a huge giant creep." And he's like, "Not gonna fare well." I'm thinking, I'm thinking uh, of one of those push mowers that doesn't have like a motor on it, just like a spin, spinning yeah. blade, like from the yes, 90s. dude. I've thought about that because, first of all, I don't know, like it probably doesn't do much in the grand scheme of things, but like when you're thinking about it, like mowing lawns, the environment, with the, it comes to the environmental stuff. Um, you know, sometimes it is tough without self-propelled, but like. First of all, how cool would that be to mow along with that? And second of all, it would help the environment because there's no like gas, there's yeah. no gas engines involved or anything like that. Yeah, it sounds so. so hey, you never know. So cool. It does. Quite pretty nuts. Thumb. <laughs> yeah, I heard you. Hey, I heard you guys had Oscar on the last time. That's that. How'd that go? Oscar. It went great. Oscar. Yeah, he had some. He had some funny stories. He got his car stuck Damn. in the mud. Uh, he bought yeah. a boat with his buddies, like a 12-foot Alumacraft. Nigel Nojaw. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, his girlfriend's <laughs> his, on the... Yeah. His girlfriend's dog oh, has that's awesome. only half a jaw. We're still waiting on the picture from Oscar. Usually it takes like three days Whoa. to hear back from him. Uh, but he's going to send a picture <laughs> yeah, this, down under his jaw. That's awesome. Dang, dude. Yeah, I haven't listened to that one yet, but I will. I'll get right on it. Hey, Dan Johnson, before we fully um, move away from the golf discussion, you want to tell Beal... What happened last time when we went golfing at Orono Public Course? Dude, I hit a car. <laughs> a moving car. <laughs> Accidentally. Oh, moving car. How did that happen? Just shank so, one? So you, yeah, dude, usually like we're kind of dinking around on the course and not, we're never, never looking to purposely hit a car, but sometimes other days it's like more likely than others. And this day wasn't like, we were actually just doing our business, minding our, you know, it was, we were having a good round too. And I just kind of just shanked it right. in. it was a, dude, it was a, it was a nice Audi. And I was like, oh my gosh. And the, lady got out and I was just trying to think of like who was liable in the situation. And I just was begging her not to come over, but she saw, you know, no damage, I think, and got right back in her car and left. But oh. I was, whew, I was kind of scared. So you didn't even have to talk to her? Nope. Didn't even have to talk to her. She took one good look at him. And was like, Oh my God, I do not want to mess with that guy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah it's, something's uh, wrong with him or he's a A grade creep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the worst that happened is that my car got hit with a golf ball. Oh, let's keep it at that. 
don't make this day any worse than it has to be. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's good stuff. Right. I will say, Zach, you're saying, and it's it's true, we don't try to hit um, cars as they're going by. I hit a parked car at the time we went before in the parking lot. You did. Uh, yeah, no, that was nuts. No accident or no damage there, but I was going to say, we do intentionally try to hit the house on hole five, I think it is, across the street yeah, dude, at Orono. None of us have the have the range, though, I don't think, but it's it's been, you know, maybe close a couple times. It, yes. But it's... Uh, one of those times, dude, I was at, we were at you know, at uh, Parker's Lake, the, uh, at driving range. Yeah. Parker's, dude, something, we were, Conviction Creek, yeah, the driving range, dude. Sometimes, and it, I, for some reason, I've never even tried to purposely do it there, but there's sometimes when it accidentally goes over, and that's a lot more on today, because there's like a Domino's over there, and there's a busy kind of road. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah it's fun, fun doing that. We should, we should all do a, we'll take it away and take, uh, um, company, what's it called company outing at the, uh, at one of the courses here. Brio, if you can get us into Hazel team, that'd be great. But otherwise we can hit Orno or something. Yeah. I think it'd be fun. It's funny. Somebody on the outside would suggest that. <laughs> yeah, no, but as, as a, you're soon to be producer, I think, uh, I think that'd be a good idea. Yeah. Let's get you into the studio first and then we'll talk about golf outings. That sounds like a good, <laughs> good plan. Yeah, maybe get the camera set up and work on our swings all together. Like get the hips, yeah, we'll get, yes. get the hips moving. Swinging through the ball. We can do it all together. It'll be fun. I think that'd be a good time. But uh, also, on that note, is Ben Siegel back yeah, in Minnesota? He is. He's the Kansas golfer that we've had on a couple of times. Have him come in, too, yeah. and go out on, a, on he the can give you some oh, see, good tips. He, did you graduate with Did you graduate with him, Beal? No, he's a year younger, but he went to Tonga. Okay. Yeah. I, I've heard uh, my buddy Drew, because he's a big golfer in our grade, and um, he was at Lakeville, but he, he was – talking about how that guy's the real deal um, yeah. from in the time. I wasn't sure what grade he was in, but is he going to go, you think, professionals, you know, amateur, or however? I don't know how the golf thing works, but is he, yeah. is he close to the next step? Yeah, he's going to give it a go. He's got one more year at Kansas, so he'll, he'll finish out his final year next year, and then he'll uh, give it a go on the mini tours. So it's basically you got to play your way up through the different tours. And I think it's like the cool. mini, mini tour is the first one if you – win that you can go straight to the PGA tour, but like the top 25 or top 50 or something like that, make it to the corn ferry, which is like the, the G league or whatever of, of the PGA tour. So okay. He'll give it a go and try to work his way up uh, through the different tours and stuff after, that's, after he finishes. that's so cool. That, and that'd be so fun to be, to be a professional yeah, golfer. Dude, you yeah. wouldn't work a day in your life. Obviously there's a lot more to it than us going, you know, once every month to Orno and dicking around, but, there's probably a lot, a lot of work involved that might not be so fun, but man, being on a golf course for your life, I think that's that'd be a pretty sweet gig. It's the way to live. Yeah, we'll have to get out there, all all four of us with Siegel. We will. That would be really fun. He, yeah, he's I an unbelievable be, golfer. So that'd be it'd be fun just to see the uh, the contrast. He's gonna hate. Golf. That would be odd. He, <laughs> dude, yeah, I was gonna say he probably can't play with us, dude. He probably would just be like, what the what the hell is going on here? <laughs> he's got, and exactly. it, the last time I we went and golfed to 78, which is actually isn't that bad. On an 18 no. hole, but on a nine hole, which, I, which it was, is absolutely horrible. <laughs> 78. That was, yeah, I shot 78 today. That was tough. Uh, on the front nine. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, on the front nine, that was, that was tough. But it was, you know, you're getting better the last time you went, you got a 77. So you're getting better. <laughs> <laughs> it's baby steps. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, we'll work it Well, out. fellas, I hate to say it, but I, I think I, I might have to let you go here. Uh, and I know you guys are the people that usually let us go, let, let me go, but, uh, this time, I think I might have to get going a bit early here, but wow. if there's one more thing you guys needed uh, to touch on here, I, I'd love to touch on it. Well, you got anything for us? Your closing statement? Closing thoughts? Closing statement. Closing argument here? 
Um, no, no. Usually, usually you know, usually you guys got to cut me off because I'm talking too much. But Zach, there's I, been a lot of stuff going on lately. You've got nothing to say. <laughs> the lights on, man, but no one's home. I don't know. <laughs> All right, well, there is a lot to. There's a lot. Yeah, I don't know. That's all right. You uh, save up you know, your thoughts, and then we'll get you in studio next week. Hopefully, you can produce next week's that? episode and have uh, that would be a whole a whole array of thoughts for us. Yep, that'd be wonderful. Yeah, yeah. So, sometimes, uh, sometimes the days like there are days where it's like, oh man, I can't stop talking. But today is, you know, today's not one of those days. So yeah, we'll yeah. Catch, hopefully catch you guys on another uh, more talkative day. Yeah, cat got your tongue today, huh? <laughs> Yeah, must have. Yeah. Well, if you gotta go, you gotta go. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, you guys, you guys take care, and we will, uh, we'll talk to you in a little bit then. All right, Zach. Toodles. Toodles. I mean, Dan yep. Johnson. Yeah. Have a good one, guys. See ya. And a special thanks to Zach for calling in. Just gave him a cold call, and you know he's brilliant as always. Uh, so again, thanks to Kenny. Thanks to Zach for calling in today. We'll be back next week with a new episode. Hopefully Zach's here producing it. Maybe he'll bring his guitar along and sing some tunes for us. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys all in a week. There is a house in New Orleans. They call